Everyone, welcome to Corpses on Stage, our favourite podcast about Amdram and all the surrounding jollities that it involves. Woo-hoo! Here I am, Matthew. With who am I with today? Matt. Let's do the rounds. Hello. Oh, hello, Matt. Hello, Matt. What's hey. the other one in there? Oh, it's Matty. Oh, what a surprise! It's Matty. Right, the interesting person today, though, is <laughs> is Lucy. Say hello for us, Lucy. Hello. This is Lucy Hopman, who we have had the pleasure of working with in the past on, oh, surprise, surprise, a bit of pantomime um, and, and, and some other things, Lucy. I think, I think uh, Guys and Dolls, were you in Guys and Dolls with us? Yeah, and Copacabana. Yes, you uh, were. Yeah, lots, you know, lots, lots happened. And then I was in a couple of pantos as well when I was younger. I think Sleeping Beauty was one of them. And maybe Dick Whittington, I can't remember. Oh, I seem to remember you in Stephen Beauty. Weren't you in a pyjama dance or something? Did you have a nightcap on? Pyjamas. There was another one with, like, cats, I think, as well. Oh, there we go. Animal question in straight away. Straight away. Were you a cat? Yes, I was. I was in the youth card. Purple and pink, I remember. Oh, of course. So uh, one of our regular questions is if, if you've ever played an animal. We've got that one out of the way, but maybe there's some more to come later. Um, now, we've invited Lucy on um, because we've heard that she's starting up or has started up her own podcast to do with performing and particularly dance. So I guess that's the first place to go, isn't it, Lucy? So so do you want to tell us a little bit about your podcast that you've got going on? I must admit, if it's there, I haven't listened to it yet. I look forward to hearing it. But tell us all about it. Oh, don't panic. It has not gone quite live just yet. Phew. Um, my particular podcast um is actually been made possible, I have to say this, but with thanks to South Somerset District Council and Wassell Theatre Company, really lucky that uh, during lockdown I was able to get involved in my own project, which is a creative dance podcast. It's kind of focusing mainly on women of all ages and abilities, um, just as a way of looking at how we can move kind of independently and in our own and in our own way of making choices about how we move and kind of also looking at how we're feeling at the same time. So it's kind of an, a well-being podcast is mm. kind of how I like to put it. But yeah, it's been, it's, it's going to hopefully go live in the next couple of weeks. I've done a lot of research and in looking in, into what um, women are looking for. So, yeah. Right. So it sounds like it's sort of listen to Corpses on Stage first. They get a little bit upset about that. Then listen to yours and calm down and, and feel much better. Is that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it looks like that, I reckon so. <laughs> So how, um, you say it's for women, is it specifically targeted at women, obviously, then, is it? Um, I mean, my initial research was looking at, um, yeah, mainly just South Somerset women, that what they're interested in, what they would find beneficial. Um, It is basically, my research was aimed at women because I wanted to have a specific target group, but it could be listened to by anyone. There isn't necessarily within the podcast it's not like gender specific it was just my particular target group was looking at south somerset women to get an idea of what would be useful and beneficial for that particular area 
Mm, right. Particular breed, aren't they? Sell so some sort of women. I'm joking. Well, um, before we go any further, what's the name of your podcast? Um, so the name of the podcast is Creative Dance Podcast by Lucy Hoffman. It's pretty self-explanatory. Well, you, you you say you say it's self-explanatory, um, but I think Matt is look, they're looking bemused by it all. I don't know what you're on about. I'm I'm I'm, I'm, in, <laughs> I'm into my creative dance. Thank you very much, Matt Mazio. I used to be a dancer. I'll have you know. Oh, didn't you mention a few weeks ago? To our surprise, that you were trained in street dance or something. Yes, yeah, I was straight and trained. Well, I did seven years training for street dance. I've seen you tap dancing in the street. It wasn't super impressive. <laughs> yeah. I've done a bit of tap. I did street dance. I did street dance for many years, and I loved doing that. But then I made the mistake of suddenly just stopping out of nowhere, and then where all the muscle was turned to fat very quickly. And that's where Lucy first met you, I think. Um, what do you think, Lucy? <laughs> I mean, you've worked with all of us dancing. <laughs> You were impressed, right? Oh, yeah, it was, it was amazing, you know. I didn't expect anything less than what you did was absolutely fabulous. <laughs> that is the most backhanded compliment we could possibly imagine. <laughs> oh, I thought, she, don't be, I thought she was being totally sincere. No, no, I think it was very good, actually, when we... Were... Now, we'll come back to the podcast in, in a little while, but as we've touched upon, obviously the, the, we worked on quite a few things over the years, but the first major thing really um, was when you came and choreographed Goldilocks when I was directing Goldilocks, which was really lovely at the time, because as we've mentioned here before, we've worked with a lot of really good choreographers on our shows, and I think I'm right in saying, was that the first show you'd choreographed? Yeah. Yeah, so so that was that was really nice to have someone new on board who did things in a slightly different way from the past, and that was a good year that year because we had a new musical director as well. So it, it felt different that year, um, and although I was um, maybe a little bit, I wouldn't say died in the wall, but I was been there for a while with my style of things. But it was really interesting to have two new people coming on board to produce uh, a pantomime. And if I do say so myself, I think it went very well. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. What, yeah, what are a, your What are your memories of all the good times on Goldilocks? <laughs> to be fair, I look back now and I learned so much, and I loved every moment of it. Well, um, I was, I'm glad you said that because I was going to move on to times that we've learned things in our sort of like time and our dram. Those sort of times where you step up and think, "Oh my God, I didn't realise that." So yeah, please carry on. No, I think. I was halfway through uni. I actually hadn't got a clue what was going on most of the time. Um, but I loved every every single moment. And I look back now and I'm like, I can't actually believe that even happened. How was I? I wasn't even, oh, what, I was 21 and I literally was partying. I was turning up. Like, I just don't even know how that even happened. <laughs> nice. I remember. <laughs> yeah, I kind of remember as well. Bless. No, no, but that, that's good. That's good in a way because there's a coming together of, of different um, approaches, isn't there? You know, and um, talking of learning things, I mean, even from the other side, is it was interesting from my perspective because the last the couple of years before that, I'd worked with a musical director who'd been on doing shows for years, and I also worked with dancers who'd been doing shows for years. And when I said things to them. Um, I, I just assumed they knew what I was talking about. And I, I made the mistake occasionally of not saying what I wanted to you, for example, and um, expecting you to understand what the hell I was talking about, which doesn't always work, does it? No, but I think I was very lucky that I was obviously working alongside Judy as producer who literally was like guiding me. She was yeah, like my yeah. favorite for that whole time. She really definitely helped me a lot. And obviously you as well. Yeah, I think I... 
I just look back now and I'm like, how did I even happen? <laughs> But, <laughs> like it stresses me out. No, seriously, but, but at no point, at no well. point did that come across because when you were teaching, I mean, I know you only choreographed one or two numbers that the principals were in, like certainly the finale and stuff. It was you were, you were so calm. Yes, I and remember I, this. It was, you were so calm, and we were upstairs in I think it was the Crispin the, the Crispin Hall in the in the dance studio there, going through the the steps. And it was it was it was really really you made it really easy. So if you're looking towards teaching, then absolutely go for it because you know you've got a really good way of getting things across with with uh, you know and making people feel secure. I mean, I'm not a natural dancer. I can I can dance. I can move. Years of clubbing have proved that. But you know, I felt really really secure. So that was that was brilliant. Yeah, and I always found as well, especially. With Lucy, I remember her being a choreographer. Very, the very minimal amount of faff. There was a... You, you know what it's like? We talked about this, in fact, a while ago. We had said with our pet peeves, when there was a lot of faffing and people running around with their hands in the air. To be fair, um, and Matt Macy's quite good at it as well. Um, I'd say that... Well, what, well, running around with my hands in the air? No, no. That you, not you, doing you, that. No, not, not doing, doing that. that. That you don't do that. <laughs> but Lucy especially was very little faff. And whenever there was a problem, I remember just... I remember one time coming to Lucy and Fat and asking her about something. She'd just be, okay. And then just went straight through it. And I was like, okay, cool. So, yeah. <laughs> the lack of faff was great. I think as well, dancer, I what it's like trying to remember like all the different things and that's even me just being doing it my whole life I even struggle so the thought of asking people that you know it's not their, their kind of the, the thing they're really good at is sometimes not dancing I'm not going to try and throw in like everything with all the massive jazz hands because that sometimes I think simple is like works better and it's more effective on stage depends less depends is more what no, no, but it was exactly right. There were fun rehearsals, those, and um, I particularly remember all the children really loving coming to rehearsals. So we had a really good working atmosphere on that one. Yeah, it was really nice. And two years ago now, I can't really believe that. But yeah, um, we would have been doing it this time. We would have not been doing the show, but we'd have certainly been well into rehearsals this time two years ago. Oh, that's strange, mm. isn't it? Definitely, oh, definitely. Oh, how time flies. Yeah, that's a good story. So, what? So, what was your biggest takeaway on that? Then your first show. What? What do you think was the thing? If, I don't know if you've done any shows since, but um, if you went into another one, what, what's the biggest thing you think you might do differently, or alternatively, think well, that actually worked. I'll stick with that. Um, I think for me, just being a bit more like prepared i think i spent a lot of time it's like such a good question but <laughs> god dumped but i think for me i felt when i'm reflecting back on what i did i think i was quite samey like i felt a lot of the stuff that i did i was just trying to stick with what i knew mm. but actually really nice to not just stick with the normal musical theater because i think now after doing my degree and being more contemporary based, there is so much more I could have done in terms of the styles. Um, and I would have loved as well to have had more of a chance to work with like some of like the five, like well, seven dancers that I was able to work with. I think it was a bit more depending on the group, but I'd love to have pushed them further as well because I think their talent was, I mean, I don't think I wasted it, but I think that they had so much more potential than what I gave them. Just looking back at what I could have done as well at that age. But yeah, I think it was just looking at the difference between what I'd choreographed now and what I'd choreographed then, it's just so different. 
I guess it's always evolving that sort of thing wherever you are, whatever stage you are in a, a career or a hobby or whatever. And and I, I feel the same. But I, I guess one of those things you do learn is how much time you don't have to, to do those things because there's always this stuff in shows and pantos I want to do. And then there's one half of my brain going, but I haven't got the time to do that. So, you know, how much do you compromise is a tough one. And I know, um, so tracking back a few years before that, like I said, it was really interesting working with uh, two people who are new to doing the shows because because that created a different dynamic from what I'd had before. But obviously going back when I first did it, it was the other way around. And um, it's just that, that thing of it's really hard to drive through everything that you want, isn't it? Working with other people, however lovely they are, however good they are, is is that that coming together of a, a unit of people working together. It's hard to get it all done um, because you don't have the time, however much you meet. I mean, we, we had certain production meetings, didn't we, and stuff, but you just can't get it all across, really. So it all comes out in the wash and it's all fun. But that's 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 a difficult one. And I try to I try to take bear that in mind when I do shows like that. What about you guys? When's a situation you've come into a show and you feel as though you've had to, you've learned something that show because of a new situation or? That's a really good question. I think the probably the time that, that I've had to sort of take on new things and kind of adapt was probably Copa. I remember when we started, the choreography started for the, the dance rehearsals and we were all we were all together and I sort of really hung, uh, hung back and because I, I was I was playing one of the principals, I thought, yeah, I'm not. I won't be in the opening. I won't be needed for that. And Sarah, the choreographer, was like, no, no, you're doing it, and kind <laughs> of got me. And, and I unfortunately was in a really quite bad car accident when I was 17. I wasn't driving. I hasten to add, and I've got a damaged um, disc in my neck, which means I do periodically get bad pain in my shoulder. And there was lots of arms, lots of arms in the choreography, lots of. Uh, gesturing and pointing and kind of you know doing big sweeping motions and stuff and I thought I won't be able to do it because it will aggravate the problem but it didn't and I felt like I learned so much so much more then as I said I would never ever class myself as a dancer but certainly I, I think that taught me that I can do choreography and do stuff that's kind of complicated because there were bits of that that I thought were quite complicated were, were quite complex yeah I really felt for me, from that sort of point of view, that was a real sort of learning curve, but happened really quickly. And now I do feel kind of a lot more secure with choreography-based stuff. Yeah, I'm probably... Uh, yeah. Do you know what? It's going to sound really sad because I know it's completely coincidental, but it's also Copacabana. Because obviously we keep saying Copa, that is co the musical Copacabana. Yeah, sorry. Um, just just more, more. I'm just thinking everyone's going to be watching saying, ooh, a show called Copa. What's that? It's Copacabana. Don't get your hopes up. No one's going to be watching, are they? Because it's a podcast. But, sorry, you know. listening. Spotify. They could be imagining us talking right now. It's a Zoom call. Um, yeah, so basically, Copacabana um, was when we had a dance routine and we had to learn the dance routine about two weeks before the show. And it was the Bolero de Amor. Was that it? Because it was your song, wasn't it, Matt? I've wiped it from my mind. Bolero. Yes, yes. Bolero de Amor. Bolero de Amor. Bolero de Amor. Or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, when we had to learn the dance. Uh, for... I mean, I didn't dance. I just swept around in a cape. Yes, you, you did. did. I did. You I did, did the dance behind me. Yeah. I did the dancing. You just, just yeah, went all bloody vampire-ish on he us. Was, which... Yeah, he was like a bat. <laughs> he did. An irony of the next show we did after that. Um, and yeah, so it was having to learn that dance two weeks before the actual show was on. 
and uh, it was I'm very much I will learn a dance and I think a lot of you know and the same with lines I'll be the last person to memorize the lines in the dance but also be the last person to forget them and that that was the that was the thing where I really had to learn more than any other time because were you it, in couples? There was you and a couple of and and there was maybe uh, three couples. Yeah, there were three it. couples. Was I was with Liv. Thank God I had an actual like proper incredible dancer that when I had to pick up and move around and things was as light as air and was just the most supportive person to dance with on the planet. But. Um, yeah, I remember I've got, that. I've it, got a vision of it being like you know on Strictly when they have the um, the the song performance in uh, in the resort. Oh yeah, so, so <laughs> it was, it was that good. Matt Macy was singing, and there's like you and yes, like, you know, other couple of couples like spinning around and swirling across the dance floor. Yeah, but I'd say what I, 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 was dra I was dragging um, I was dragging Jess around at that point. I had you to were. drag her up these really steep stairs that you couldn't walk up normally. Yeah, and you well, you drugged her. That's why that's she right. was drugged. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was the fact of learning a dance because I like taking my time with the dance and doing it that way. But that was the first time I ever had to learn it and literally like in a few rehearsals I had to get it down. And we finally got it perfected on tech. And that yeah, was the most nerve-wracking thing I've had to do, but that's the most I've ever learned. Oh my guys, let's get back to our guests. Yeah, yeah, so, so, yeah, let's so, let's so, get back to our guests. No, she, she, was in the, she was in the show, she knows the costume change. I'll tell you what, Liz, they, tell, they say that I speak too much, but once you get them going, they, they just, they're just they reminiscing machines, these two. I'm Speak for you. yourself. Oh, she's, as I say, she remembers the show. She was involved with she, lots of stuff involving feathers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, yeah. The, I also remember, and Lucy remember this one, Copa Gamana, the girls had some really, like... Mahoosive feather headdress things. Yeah, the changes on that one was a nightmare. I had some bad ones, but, I mean, Lucy, you had some real corker changes in that show. Yeah, but we had some absolute corker costumes. They weren't even costumes. Like they were, they were straps of material, weren't they? It was horrendous. I literally <laughs> went seeing the costume and going, I did not sign up for this. Like <laughs> it was the switch between. I think it was Beth and Amy used to switch between like the version that was a thong. There was the thong one and some of them the rest were kind of just normal and they always used to have to switch depending on whose parents are in which is quite interesting <laughs> uh, I didn't know no i'm in i was in guys and dolls in the hot box i was just basically in pants and a corset as well i'm not really well, sure well, i was going to say lucy because you came up in a story a few weeks ago which i don't know if it made the cut or not because there was one night in that you went home ill wasn't there yes you guys did and yes i i remember bless yeah, um, and someone else had to wear your costume, and obviously, not all costumes fit everyone in the same way. And and um, yeah, I don't think <laughs> I don't was, think that worked. There quite was as a well wardrobe malfunction. Done, but... That's all we'll say, or just a small wardrobe malfunction, which I don't really think anybody actually noticed. So, talking of which, uh, Lucy, we'll, we'll go to that question now before we go backtrack over your illustrious career. Uh, have you had any disasters on stage that you'd care to mention to us? Oh. I'm trying to think if there's anything that's been pretty spectacular, but other than mainly wardrobe malfunctions and turning up hung over on many occasions to rehearse, <laughs> which Copacabana, I think, was one of them, I actually couldn't even move. Um, I don't there's anything like major that's happened though, which is really, which is real, which is a real shame, I feel. Well, it is a shame. We like to hear people's um, mishaps. 
Um, but but it's, it's quite interesting you mentioned that, the uh, old alcohol-related stuff. We haven't gone that way on the podcast at all yet. Um, and you guys ever been... I mean, you don't drink, do you, Matty? Not anymore. <laughs> well, you said that, that tells the whole story. Just you said the way you've you never been drunk. I've never been drunk. I, I will say that right now. I've never been drunk in my entire life. I have been tipsy. I've not been drunk. I'm just trying to think if there's any alcohol has ever interfered with shows for me. Um, hmm, sometimes at Christmas had a bit of slow gin in the dressing room, but I don't think I've ever had uh, too much that has uh, made a difference on stage. I mean, while we're talking about a lot of Copa, I, I certainly remember a Mr. Matthew Maisie and the after party of Copa very oh. clearly. Does oh anyone else remember God. that? Supermarket gin, I remember that. <laughs> this may or may not make the podcast this bit. <laughs> we just have to keep talking about it then, won't yeah. we? Um, yeah, that, that was good. I've been in a show where there's been someone that's been clearly inebriated. I think it was Alo Alo, and one of the actors who had a small part, you know, they, you, you're you on stage and delivering the lines, and what past you, and you think, doing like a oh my God, no naked flames around him. And yeah, then was <laughs> was was clearly told, do not turn up for the show um, in a state of um, inebriation, please. That's not appreciated. But no, I've, um, I don't, I personally don't drink very much anymore. Very, only very seldomly, very occasionally. It's not because I don't like it. It's because as I got older, I couldn't take the hangovers. It is. It isn't fun. As Lucy's just attesting to it, and it just gets worse. Lucy, we can promise you that. <laughs> You're talking to some old farts here. Cops is on stage. This episode was brought to you by Little Orchard Bed and Breakfast. Mm, family owned since 1973. It's Glastonbury's longest serving bed and breakfast. And it's ideally located on the southern slopes of Glastonbury Tor with breathtaking views overlooking the Vale of Avalon. And not only that, they have award winning breakfasts, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh. Oh no, we have avocado crunch on sourdough. Amazing. We have Canadian French toast with maple syrup. Tell me more. And of course, their vegan-friendly banana pancakes. As well as continental breakfast and their fabulous full English. So visit their website, littleorchardglassbury.co.uk for more details where you can view availability and book directly online. Cops is on stage. So, um, so Lucy, let's have a quick rundown. So, so you've done dance most of your life, haven't you? So what sort of shows and stuff have you, was that by choice? Were you forced into it? Was acting or dancing or being on stage the thing you always wanted to do? Um, yes, I've always kind of wanted to be on stage. Um, it kind of, it, it was a bit of a mix match. I obviously started at the Southwest School of Dance when I was about, well, I started at Urban Motion with Sarah when I was 12 and then carried on. Um, all the way through to Southwest School of Dance, where I was kind of doing some of the GMS, GNS um, pantos, and then went on to Bird College, um, which was amazing, um, studying musical theatre. And then I think I realised that London wasn't for me, and I wasn't maybe cut out for the, the cutthroat auditions and the, the kind of perfect body that's maybe expected of a dancer. And yeah, I kind of then took a bit of a break, and I went back to study dance at Basketball University and I kind of think that's where I kind of thrived a lot more I felt it was a lot more creative um it was very much about kind of your inner self rather than portraying this you know long-legged 
incredible, perfect technique um, musical theatre dancer. I think that's where I kind of learned a lot about myself and what I actually prefer, like performing wise. Yeah, I still want to be on stage. I just realised that maybe it's not um, a sustainable career for me. But what? I love doing am amateur dramatics. Is I think where my heart is at, really. Which is, yeah, nice. <laughs> well, um, um, amateur dramatics gain is a lot of people who decided not to go into it as a career, <laughs> I guess. Well, like we're so lucky, like with Strode and like Glassman Street, the productions are like second to none anyway. And I think there's like there's such I always find there's such professional kind of atmosphere as well as having a really good time. I literally love love it, and I think that the, some of the work that's been produced is like. Adam's family, I watched that and literally I was blown away. I could have watched that on, on the West End and I would have been and I would have paid the money as well to watch it on the West End. Oh, bless you. Uh, oh, that's, that's very nice. No, but thank you for saying that, Lucy. And, and I, it's kind of how I feel as well. I mean, I, I'm I'm really proud of, of us and our society as well. I mean, when I moved down, I could have I could have gone basically to any society, but I thought, you know, I'm gonna try the local society and I'm so glad I did I really feel like I landed on my feet with them yeah I mean and the, the good thing is or it, it, there's so many societies have upped their game in the last 10-15 years and going to see a show now is so much better an experience than maybe it was 30 years ago I think I mean not that I went around seeing loads and loads of shows maybe, maybe I didn't see all the best ones but but um yeah it's, it's a really exciting thing to do isn't it and the, the productions are really good We've been lucky around here, as we say often, that we have a really good dance school and a, and a thriving sort of culture of, of uh, young people dancing. And we often get those in the shows, which yeah. is also really, really helpful to the productions. But yeah. what about acting, Lucy? Have you done any acting? Um, yeah, I did a lot of acting at college um, down at Bridgewater. But I can't say that I've ever done specifically an acting show. Um, obviously, it's all pretty much... You know, your, your little giggles and kind of guys and dolls. And <laughs> I think I did, well, I said, it's all just on stage, kind of, you know, you're the chorus and that's kind of, you know, you're the ensemble that is supporting. That's as far as my acting goes, really. But that's really important because you go to some shows and you see people who can't do that, even if it's not a main role, people in the background can be incredibly distracting if they're not doing, if they're not doing anything, if they stand there doing nothing for one thing or doing too much is the yeah. other thing as well. So so to get that balance right is really important. Yeah, I think. you're dead right. Your yeah. eyes kind of stray to them if someone looks bored or if someone's just acting too much. You know, yeah, it's it's a it's it's a fine art. It's a fine balance to be sort of in the chorus and to, you know, react correctly. Now we often talk about um school shows. I don't think we quite crossed over properly. You weren't ever ever in any of my shows because you were Lucy, this is how old I am. Lucy was at primary school and I was a teacher at that school oh wow <laughs> so it's either how old I am or how, how young Lucy is um somewhere in the middle maybe were you ever in any of the shows that I did or did we not cross over because I moved year groups and sometimes it didn't I didn't always do the shows when I was at Stowbury I'm pretty sure I did Wind in the Willows for sure I don't know if that was one of yours no no I'm trying to think I there was so many random things that you do at primary school anyway but i'm wind of the willows is the one i remember i do remember being in your class once or twice but that was when maybe you covered 
a class. Yeah, that was towards the end of my time there, I think. So, so yeah, so we probably didn't cross over in that way. Um, but yeah, there you go, winning the Willows. You must have been another animal then, right? Yeah, but well, it's, it's, you know what, my brain is rubbish. I hardly remember anything. You'd think that being a dancer, I'd remember quite a lot, but... So, uh, I mean, off off recording, you just mentioned to us you're busy now and you're applying or you started teacher training. Is that right? Um, I start, well, I've got uh, three interviews in the next two weeks to start, to, well, to hopefully get on to a teacher training course for next September. But, you know, who knows if nothing is set in stone right now, you know? No, it's a bit of a difficult year to know exactly when things will happen, but I'm sure in the long run that will work out and you'll be fabulous. But um, hopefully you'll, you'll still be doing shows, right? To keep your sanity outside the teaching. Yeah, that is my absolute go-to now is that I'm like, right, I'm going to have my career in this and then I'm going to enjoy everything else on the outside, like dancing and being part of amateur dramatics and still kind of, I like my, I think my kind of end goal is definitely to do like dance for health and dance therapy. But at the moment, there is not much funding for that kind of thing. And I'm struggling obviously to get in because of COVID. So that's kind of where my main focus is for the time being. We'll yeah, we'll, we'll obviously keep our fingers crossed that this time next year things will be returning to normal and maybe some money will start coming back to these more fun things that we've lost recently. Yeah, so we, sure. We will see. Uh, things are taking a step backwards, unfortunately, but we're all hoping, obviously, they'll get back and we can start performing and doing this sort of stuff. But that leads us back to your podcast, I think. Is, um, the podcast, is it going to be an ongoing thing? Is it a limited series or...? The project is kind of based around a certain amount of it. I mean, like it is based on the budget. So realistically, if I was paying myself the going wage, my budget, you know, would only stretch to, you know, a series of episodes. So maybe four or five, maybe half an hour um, podcasts. And there is the opportunity that, you know, if this is going well and it's proving that it's benefiting people in the area, then, yeah, there could be more funding involved. For me personally, I know that if this is working for me and other people are benefiting, I would just do it anyway because it's something that I love doing and something that I really enjoy giving people the opportunity. Um, so it's potential. I see quite a lot of potential for it to keep going or it to be maybe more focused to certain people. And it's always a bit like a stepping stone maybe to find kind of my niche and to find what I like doing and if it can help people. So it's a stepping stone, hopefully, to give me a bit more experience. And is it is it you alone or do you have like a producer or editor or something like that? Um, it is me pretty much on my own, but I've been really lucky that um, I've kind of had a couple of mentors, one from Optic the Optican Theatre, um, Catherine Hoskin, and then I've had someone else called Nick from Wassail Theatre Company, who's kind of been really guiding me and helping me with one, like my application to get the funding in terms of contacts and people who to get involved with um, and also just making sure that what I'm doing is actually the right kind of thing and it's you know I am benefiting the kind of the area that I'm working in so I've been really lucky to have that kind of support. Now I, I think we're going to have a listen to this when it comes out but what I'm curious about is how does it work in podcast form because if it's dance yeah. I mean, now my my daughters are also dancers, and obviously in these times they've been doing the lots of dancing in the kitchen. Fortunately, tonight they're not tap dancing while we're trying to record this. That's hard enough over video. So how how is it dealt with 
in podcast form what you do? So my podcast is, is based around improvisation, which seems like a really scary word. And I fully appreciate the word improvisation. Yeah, it's scary. But um, the main part of it is kind of like three sections for the pod- podcast. The first kind of section is a check-in. So it's kind of you're checking in with how you're feeling. And then it kind of goes into a guided shake. So don't freak out. It, it does sound a bit scary, but it's an idea that all of the language that I'm using is kind of, it's supposed to basically stir some sort of impulse within your body. So some people might not move within the podcast and other people will really find that the stories and the imagery that we go through will spark some sort of either impulse to rhythm or impulse that their body wants to move. And in which case it's all really somatic. So it's a mind and body connection. It's quite holistic in that sense. It's not your usual, right, everybody put your right arm here or your left arm there. It is a choice of movements that women and yourselves, if you decided to take part, and men and anybody, it becomes this idea of empowering that you are going to make these decisions for yourself. Yeah, that, that does make sense. I'm, I'm sure there's quite a few of people who listen to our podcast, the people we do have listened, will, will check it out. Do you think, guys? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that sounds that's really progressive. You know, I've got a lot of admiration for you to do something like that. Something so holistic. That's brilliant. I think the main kind of point that I thought about myself being a dancer and doing online is that I felt I didn't always want to either be on time for a Zoom call or have my camera on. So to have a podcast, they feel like it's way more. Well, it's less intrusive, and you can listen to it whenever you want. Like I. I, I never know what time it is, so I'm never on time for anything. But I don't know. We'll see how it goes. It could be a complete flop, but it could also be a stepping stone to something else that's really exciting. So, well, I think flop or not, if it's something you want to do and get out there, even if one person gets benefit from it, whether it's a hundred people or one person, then yeah. that's worth doing. I mean, yeah, we do our podcast for a number of reasons. We do two podcasts at the moment. This and we we love people feeding back to us, and we know some people enjoy it. It's not a huge listenership at the moment, but but it's bumbling along and gaining people here and there, and people drop in and out, and and we've had people come back to us about episodes ages ago. You know, like like you yourself, you said you listened to one and enjoyed it, and that's great. If that's anyone you've listened to and enjoyed it, that's brilliant. But it, it's just well, it's like doing amateur shows, really, isn't it? It's it's not necessarily just for yourself. I mean, one of the reasons I think we all love doing amateur shows is because you know other people are enjoying it too my thought for the week <laughs> yeah matt's I deep think... thought of the week ladies and gentlemen here end of the lesson <laughs> <laughs> I, I i'll definitely i'll definitely give it a listen 100 percent. yeah i suppose the main reason that we actually started to do the podcast is because it was basically a an almost like replacement for performances that we couldn't do and it also meant that we would there would be something creative that would that would come out of it um which obviously is not going to be on stage singing or acting or dancing or whatever, but it's just something that um, we wanted to do. And obviously, then that's evolved into the other podcasts that we're doing, and there might be another one as well in, in the in the pipeline as well, possibly. But it's it's been a real real help for me because I, it's felt like I'm doing something social rather than just having my entire social life cut away by the restrictions we've been faced with this year. 
I was going to say, I just think it's so crucial that these things have been stripped away from us. And I and I think that with, with our performing and with everything we do, I spoke about in my degree, like my last thing I spoke about in my degree was about how like choreographers are in these troubled times. But going on from what you're saying is that, you know, I find for me, dancing, performing, being on stage is almost like a therapy for me and is also a social life. And to now have everything of that taken away, I think it's so good that, you know, you've got your podcast and that's how you're socializing with those people. And with my with my podcast, I've not, well, since September, haven't taken part in a dance class, but I recently took part in one online and just remembered like all these things that I was feeling. And I was like, wow, this is why I need to get back into it and remembering like those things. But it's hard. Savage. This, this time is horrendous. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a, it's yeah. been a hard hit for everyone, but I think it just goes to show. I mean, the fact that you know we've been doing this podcast, we're doing another one. Lucy's doing another one in a podcast as well. It really goes to show. I think, especially, it shows really the strength of a lot of people in Amdram, um, or in the the industry in general, not just Amdram. Actually, that it's very much a case of we can't just be knocked down. It's like they put that advert out saying this person, you know, they're going to start learning a new industry and things and just well, expecting people. It's true. People. It's that we're, going to, we're having to sort of creatively diversify uh, to, to sort of find another opening for our creativity. Yeah. And I think, do you know what? This, this is what we're using our creativity for. We're still talking to people. We're still getting people out there. Generally, to be honest, I started this because I thought, well, I've got all the equipment here at home that I've been using to do virtual pub quizzes with and i thought well there's surely so many more things that we can use it for so originally originally it was just a bit of fun you know to be with my mates and to talk about amdram and reminisce about the good old times that we do far too much now but um and now uh, but now because of this but we've got a bit now. of <laughs> and any anyway, no no olivia newton john please um but now we've got this actual following and people who are genuinely, who are also in the industry, messaging us when we do the episode saying, I love this episode, this was great. And, you know, people saying, you know, I'd love to get involved and things. And it, it, I think it really shows quite a lot about the industry that, you know what, they can knock us down, they can put us in lockdown, they can tell us we can't leave the house. But you know what, you can take us out of the industry, but you can't take the industry out of we'll, us. We'll never stop. We'll never I've, stop. Oh, oh, a new tagline. I know. I tell you what, I'm the inspirer. I'm I'm the one going to deep chat now. I might have taken over. <laughs> and really, but, I mean, it's too much. Too much for one episode. Really, we need to spread it out, guys. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be our two-part special, ladies and gentlemen. We've not really spoken like this before, have we? We've not really talked, <laughs> talked about it like on, on this kind of level before. It's um, it's quite it's quite cathartic. Mm. Gonna have a lie down now. I mean, I you know, I, I do look forward to getting together like this and um, and having these uh, discussions with with people and different people each week as well, which is really lovely. It's That's lovely true. to reconnect. Uh, really... And it's lovely to speak to you again, Lucy. After because we haven't actually spoken for quite a while, really, because you've gone off doing your own thing, and you know, yeah. and we're still here. And and so it's a nice reason to get together and talk about these things. So thank you for coming on. Today. Yeah, I think that's the main thing is we have to thank to say thank you, Lucy and. You know, thank you for for coming on our show, and, and a really a thanks to all the people that we've had on. I don't think they, you know, they realise how much they help to contribute uh, to us as well to make things fresh and interesting, and we really appreciate it. It's so nice to know that when I come back, everyone's still here. So, and nothing it feels like everything's just the same. So, before we finish, then just say the name of your podcast once again. Creative dance series with Lucy Oldman. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so and and when is that due to go out again? Um, in the next 
week the first podcast well the first episode should be live fingers crossed so probably by the time this episode goes live itself it should be there we hope that okay, was exactly this, what it, i was we're, we're say. currently a week or so um away from when this episode goes out i think so hopefully around the same sort of time but anyway it's been really lovely to talk to you as we said but i think it's time we uh, ended our uh, our little natter today so oh I, and I don't forget we'll... don't forget if people have any interesting on stage stories any disasters or anything please let us know by dropping us a line uh, to our page uh, f- on Facebook. Or if you know any of us personally, you can send us a private message. We might read your story out and make you uh, a little bit more famous. Indeed. <laughs> um, but on that note, what we're saying earlier, please do share the show, uh, our faithful listeners. Uh, please do share it because we'd love other people to, to hear the show as well. But on that note, then, we will say goodbye. So um, it's goodbye from me, Matthew. Goodbye from me, Matt. Goodbye from me, Matty. Goodbye from Lucy. Thanks, Lucy. See you, everyone. Cops on stage. Cops on stage. You must make me laugh because there'll be cops on stage. Cops on stage. Cops on stage. You should make me laugh because there'll be cops on stage. Don't worry, you're, you're on a podcast with Matty. Don't Oi. worry. It's a... <laughs> When, when have I shown any forgetful tendencies? I've forgotten. Uh, well, I tell, I tell you for one, are we podcasting with Lucy today? You said on Sunday yes. when, you, when you thought it was Monday. Guys, guys, <laughs> this isn't about me. This is about Lucy. Let's move it on. Is. It is. Okay. <laughs>